a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly what makes them extra. And I am excited for you to meet them. All right. So today on MANA, um, we're maybe going to get a little more reflective than usual, maybe a little less uh, loquacious. Uh, there's a $5 word for you, the normal. Um, although it would be kind of weird to have a, a, a podcast of just silence for the next 20 minutes. Um, but, but in any event, we're gonna, um, it's going to be a little bit different here because we're, today we have a guest who has directed his energy and his gifts toward espousing the power of contemplative prayer, uh, specifically a uh, kind of a practice uh, within contemplative prayer that he calls centering prayer. Um, uh, and he's done this uh, through his writing, his speaking, his coaching, really kind of everything that, uh, that he's been about for the last uh, several years now. Um, his latest book, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer, has been widely acclaimed, uh, as has his uh, website, uh, which I've been on, uh, uh, tooling around to see all the resources there. Uh, the website silent, uh, silenceteaches.com, where, uh, where you can go and access a lot more of his writing and resources around the principles and the practice and really the promise of, uh, of centering prayer. Um, and true to form, with every great thing that we humans uh, write or do or speak of uh, in the name of God, uh, his work is grounded in God's word, as in Matthew 6, Jesus compelled all of us to go, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So uh, you, you, you know you can't get too far off uh, the, the, the right uh, path if you just stay, <clears throat> stay in the word. Uh, so amen to that. So all right, so let's keep it down, everybody here. Uh, but let's, uh, let's welcome today's Manna Man, Mr. Rich Lewis. Hey, Rich. Hey, no, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, it's it's great to have you uh, here and really have this opportunity for all of our listeners to to kind of get into this and learn more of this really neat form of prayer. I have to admit, I don't know a lot about it. Um, we've been blessed on this show to have guests that have shared a lot uh, of um, uh, about their own prayer kind of lives and journeys and practices. You know, we've had People talk about Lectio Divina or uh, silent retreats, you know, that they go on or that they've gone on, you know, kind of annually maybe to kind of recalibrate. But, I mean, you've really adopted uh, centering prayer as, you know, almost like a lifestyle, this kind of like kind of 24-7 way of staying in relationship with God. So I'd love to just kind of dive right in, you know, how how do you define uh, centering prayer and, and, and how did you even kind of come upon it? Sure. Sure. So I'll, I'll answer the second per, uh, question first and then lead into what is centering prayer. So uh, I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. And I, I had read some books by a gentleman by the name of Carl McCollman in 2012, 20, early 2013. And he talked a lot about silence and, and how healing and transforming it was. 
I don't remember him sharing a practice he did. So I would just practice silence for one, two, three minutes. And it was brutal, but I persisted. <laughs> actually, I've since learned he actually does practice centering prayer. So I just don't recall him pointing that out in his books. And maybe if I went back and looked, I might find that he did mention it. But I don't recall him mentioning it. But then in late 2013, I was simply on Amazon looking for a book to read. And I stumbled across a, a book by Amos Smith called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. And in his book, he talked about centering prayer as a silent prayer practice that he had been doing for about 15 years up until that point. So that immediately caught my attention because I was intrigued by silence just by reading books by Carl McCollman. And then I read about a practice I could do in the silence. So mm -hmm. I immediately reached out to him on his website and be, and we began a back and forth dialogue and he was answering many of my questions on, on centering prayer. And I started practicing centering prayer. And then um, he and I became friends. In fact, I was just speaking with him yesterday on the mm -hmm. phone. So we've become friends along the way. So that's how I stumbled into centering prayer. And then to answer your question on what is centering prayer, it's been around since the early 1970s, and it was actually created by three Trappist monks or three Catholic priests in the early 1970s. They saw transcendental meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. Mm -hmm. And one, one of the priests, Father William Meninger, kind of stumbled across the method of centering prayer in, in an old book he was reading called The Cloud of Unknowing, and he discovered kind of the method of centering prayer. So centering prayer itself has been around for almost 50 years, and it was created by three Trappist monks. And then initially they rolled it out, I guess, to the clergy, but then they began rolling it out to the masses, the normal people, and or <laughs> the lay people, everyday people that could also benefit from it. And then about 10 years later or so, the Contemplative Outreach Organization was formed, and you, you can find their website. It's called contemplativeoutreach.org. It's the main centering prayer organization. And if you go on that site, there's all kinds of centering prayer resources. Mm -hmm. And you can also, obviously, with COVID, everybody could practice online together. Right. But prior to COVID, and, and hopefully as we come out of COVID, there's centering prayer groups you can go on that site and, and look in your state and see is there a group that practices near you if you want to go once a week. Mm -hmm. And it's all and they're also international. So you could go into any country almost in the world and perhaps find a group that practices. Um, so that's for when you can go back together. But right during COVID and maybe they'll continue it afterward, many groups practice once a week together on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned your your website, and you have so many great resources and tools and opportunities for people to, you know, learn more and and, and kind of get into this. And but one of the things that really caught my eye is um, kind of your story and, and uh, or how you kind of came upon this, and and um, and you have you have the the specific day the date it's june 1st 2014 where you say you know ever since june 1st 2014 you know you kind of been into this and so it, was that the day that you bought the book was that you know when you're talking about it or, or did something precede that does what significance does june 1st have that i don't know i mean i, I purchased 
the Amos Smith's book was really in, in late 2013. So it was mm, probably okay. November, December, and I began reading it and then dabbling in centering prayer. Mm. I don't know what was so magical about it. I just remember <laughs> that date I decided because uh, Thomas Keating, one of the, the three priests that created centering prayer and then tried to, you know, exploded all over the place. Um, they recommend, he recommended two 20 minute sits per day. So I had, mm-hmm. after reading Amos's book, I began reading Thomas Keating and Cynthia Bourgeau and, and David Frenette and other people that practice center and prayer that had books and Thomas Keating contemplative outreach organization encouraged people to try to do two sits of 20 minutes per day. Mm-hmm. So I guess I had done enough reading over the last couple of months and it just so happened it was June 1st yeah. when I kind of in my mind decided, well, why don't I just try to do what they suggest, yeah. do two sits per day of 20 minutes. And I think it just happened to be yeah. a couple books later and it just happened to be June 1st. <laughs> well, I, I love it. I, I love that, 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 that it made enough of an impression that because yeah, then as somebody who's, you know, coming into it and, and learning about you, it's just, it's neat to, to, to be able to to just have markers, you know what I mean? Like we know our birthdays, we know Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And I just think it's, it's kind of cool to know when it started. So it sounds like, it sounds like even preceding this, you were, you know, kind of intrigued with <clears throat> kind of the power of silence and just kind of reflection. Would, are, did you grow up? Have you always been kind of a more, you know, sort of reflective, you know, even outside of faith, you know, have you been a more, would you characterize yourself as a more, you know, kind of, I don't want to say quiet, uh, but, but, you know, kind of a more kind of thought filled person. And so is, is that why this has really just now been a really good fit for you from a faith perspective? I, I would say yes, because as I look back, even, you know, before centering prayer, going all the way back to when I was a, a kid, I, I liked nature. I liked being with people one-on-one. I liked reading books. I liked photography. Um, I liked stamp collecting. So I think I did things that were, things you did by yourself and then mm-hmm. or you did with one other person or something so i think yeah. some of the hobbies and interests i liked probably were contemplative without me realizing it photography is pretty can be considered a contemplative sure. practice so i think i just was um intrigued by solo and contemplative type of things without realizing what i was really doing you know liking nature like liking reading yeah. liking photography yeah. Was growing up, was, was faith a big deal, big part of your life uh, as a kid and as you kind of came through the years? It actually was not. My mother passed away when I, if she had not passed away, I probably would have been Catholic, but my mother passed away when I was three and a half. Hmm. So she was Catholic and she probably would have had us continue and, and do be raised in the Catholic church and get your communion and confirmation. Cause my older sister did, but my mother passed away and I think they, we stopped going to church. Uh, so no, I actually was not raised in the church through my family. And in fact, when I was in junior high, I think for about a year, we went to a Unitarian church, which wasn't necessarily, it was more, it was very broad. I remember mm-hmm. some of the things we did with as kids were just regular discussions and not even, not necessarily even based upon the Bible or God. It was just yeah. in a room hearing a discussion about a particular topic. I don't remember what the topics were, but I don't <laughs> remember it being like biblically based. So no, to answer your question, I really was not raised in that kind of in a church setting. Yeah. So, so it's just, it's, which is neat that, that this, you know, practice of centering prayer, you know, it seems like it, it sort of, 
things kind of converged then for you later where, you know, your this became a way for you to, you know, um, not, not, not develop because it was probably there prior, but really, you know, kind of animate a faith through a, 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 a specific way of kind of, you know, personal worship or, or prayer. Um, just seems like it's a bit, it's a, it's a neat way of for two things kind of coming together, you know, that, that now have propelled. So like, would you, I would imagine now as people are meeting you and, and you've got all these great, you know, um, uh, examples and things to share about, about, you know, centering prayer that, I mean, faith is, I'm guessing a pretty big part of your life now. <clears throat> it, it is, it, yeah. it is. And, and I mean, I did when after I went to a, in high school, I went, to, so there were friends that invited me to, it was a Baptist based, backed by a Baptist church. They had a youth group on Thursday nights. So I was invited to that. And because a lot of the friend, a lot of my friends went. So started learning about God and the Bible in, in late high school. And then I went off to the University of Pittsburgh for school. So I kind of got away from it. But then when I started working, on my own, I guess when I came back, my parents at that point actually had joined a church and were going to the United Church of Christ. So I started going to that with them. And I did, so I did spend 20 years in the United Church of Christ. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's, it's a, I guess, a non-denominational Protestant church. Mm-hmm. And that was a great experience. I enjoyed that, enjoyed the pastor and enjoyed being part of that part of that church. And that's where I guess I, then I began just on my own reading more, um, theologians and just exploring God and continued reading different books. And I guess it led me in the direction of uh, more of a contemplative practices. No, I love it. So, so, so speaking of books um, and talking about your book, as you've shared that out, you know, whether it's through readings or, 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 you know, people who have, who, who have approached you after reading it, do you find any, um, difference between so this podcast you know is kind of uh kind of focused on guys you know like how how, how do men you know get comfortable with their faith sharing their faith blah 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 um well, although we do have uh, plenty of women listeners thank you all uh, but do you have you seen any differences between men and women in their response to the book and then just to overall this this way of, of praying you know our you know, are, are, are guys more, you know, and I'm leading into a stereotype here, but are, are we more fidgety and harder to kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of just settle down into really, you know, getting at peace with just sitting with God? Uh, or do you find there's no difference between men and women in terms of their, their receptivity to centering prayer? I would say there's, I'm not seeing a difference. So that's, that's kind of what I've observed. I'm not, because I guess I've interacted with both men and women that have read my book. So they've reached out to me on my website, they've reached out to me on Facebook, and, and I get interaction with, with both men and women. And I guess as I think about a lot of the interactions I've had, I don't seem to get any any differences. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hear kind of some of the same things that I'm too busy to do it. And actually, I'll even hear it. I do some coaching, and, I, and I'll hear that from – I'll have – pastors reach out to me and I've done coaching to help pastors who say they're so busy taking care of the congregation and they're, they're neglecting their needs. Yeah. And I've coached both men and women 
for that very reason. And these are pastors coming to me saying they need to do they need to take better self care of themselves. So they've mm-hmm. asked for me to help them with that and hold them accountable yeah. to it. So no, I guess I really haven't noticed the difference, and it's been kind of a nice equal split between even pastors coming to me to say I need some help with self care. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's well, and that kind of leads into my next question, and maybe this is the answer to it. But you know, you've now been doing this for a while. You've kind of got it grooved. I'm sure you still have days where, you know, maybe it's a little bit harder to, to, you know, kind of execute than others. But what do you, what do you find is the biggest for new people, for people who are new to the, to the practice who, but really want to get into it? Is there a common, is there a most common barrier that people have to kind of like get over or push through before they, before they, they're really, that that you're saying that they really, you know, kind of get into it and kind of get in a groove? Yeah, I would say they need to, I guess, make a decision that it's something they want to do and then discipline themselves to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell them, make it the first thing you do in the morning Mm -hmm. is so because most commonly they'll say, I don't have time for centering prayer. I'm too busy. So I'll tell them, well, make it the first thing you do as you begin your day. So if, if, if it's a weekend and you don't have any time pressures when you wake up, practice your centering prayer. If it's during the work week and, and you have to work, set your alarm you know, early enough so that you're going to do your centering prayer, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So I guess I encourage people, if it's something you really want to do, you, you do have to discipline yourself to do it. And I think you'll be pleased after you do that and, and see a month has passed and six or two months has passed and six months has passed, you'd be pleased that you took the discipline. So that's really yeah. the first thing is to, the discipline to, to do it. And, and even after you've done your, say they've, you have a first sit and you're doing it and you've done that for a month or, or two months, then I'll encourage people add a second sit and find a time when you can do a second sit and then take baby steps again with that sit five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, work your way up, but add a second sit to your day. And the argument there from people will be, I don't have time and I'm too busy. And I'll, and I'll tell them, I think it, it has a really beautiful way of giving you back time and just trust me when you do the practice. Cause even I'm very busy at work and I made a conscious decision to stop what I'm doing, do my second sit I'm always amazed when it's you know five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, and I'm looking back how productive I was the second half of the day, and it's because I took the time to do the second sit. Mm-hmm. So it has a it has a way of giving you back time, is what I tell people. But you have to try it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, and I even love the language that you're using around kind of like the second sit, you know, because I think and I fall into this. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about, you know, I'm, I'm a big runner. And so, you know, and I never run with music or anything like that because I really, you know, I, I say, well, it's a great time to pray. It's a great time to reflect. Uh, and it is. But what I love about about what you're doing and what you're writing about and, and, and talking to people about is, is you know, the, the only activity is the sitting. I mean, it, it's a very peaceful and just, I don't know, I just, there's something about it that I think is even more, um, well, centering, you know, by, by, you're not, you're not letting people off the hook saying, well, you know, you can go fishing and just really be, you know, just be quiet and just really, you know, think through It's like, oh, no, that's not what we're talking about. You know what I mean? It is a very, right. it's a very solitary, very focused 
uh, kind of activity, which I just, I, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. How about for you? I mean, you, you've been into this now for years. Do you, do you, do you, do you have your kind of like, you know, peaks and valleys or, or is it now just, you've been doing it so long. It's just, just so part of your lifestyle and, and, and your routine that, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, everything else that we do every day. I guess the, the the morning one, it is kind of just part of my routine and it just feels so natural to get up and do that as the first thing I do to start my day. Mm-hmm. The second one can be challenging and I just encourage myself, do it anyhow. I don't, I don't have to feel like doing it <laughs> to do it. I can still do it and I, I bring whatever, whoever I, whatever I'm like to my sit, if I'm discouraged or tired or even feeling I don't like, I don't want to do it. I bring that with me to my sit. And then can I quickly share what centering prayers so people understand how to do it? Yeah, please. Yes. Because that'll help explain or answer this question. So centering prayer, you, you sit comfortably with your eyes closed. And then to start centering prayer, you introduce what's called a sacred word of one, two, or three syllables. So you can pick something like God or Jesus or color or ocean. So you sit, close your eyes, introduce that word interiorly. And then it's really whenever you engage your thoughts, and what I mean by that is whenever if you begin thinking about what you did before you're sitting, or you begin to think about what you're going to do after you sit, you realize that you're you're not necessarily sitting with God, you're sitting with yourself and your thoughts and your planning and your plotting. You reintroduce that sacred word, let go of your engaged thoughts, bring that sacred word to the forefront, and then let go of that. Cause it's, so you're really just coming back to God and coming back to the present moment and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And you do that when needed. So it's not used as a mantra. It's just used when you need it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a word. I, I quickly discovered I, I was not um, – that's for an auditory person. I discovered I'm really more of a visual person, so I have an interior image that I picture in my head – that so happens to be a Jesus icon that I saw across a Richard Rohr meditation that I got one day. So I I use an image. You can use your breath if you're more of a physical person. And some people practice with their eyes open and just stare at a spot four to five feet in the distance on the floor, perhaps. So that so that's how mm. how you do the how you do the the practice itself. So I would say. My second sit can be a challenge, but I kind of make myself do it because if you think about it, you're letting go of your thoughts and emotions. So I come to my sit and I might be thinking, I'm too busy. I got too much to do. Well, I let go of those thoughts and come back to my sacred word. And then if I keep thinking, I'm busy, I got work to do, <laughs> you just keep repeating come that. Back. Yeah, yeah. You just keep repeating. So it doesn't matter how you feel. That's okay. That's real. It's all part of the process is you're bringing all of you and all of your thoughts and emotions to your sit but you're letting go of them through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, lo- and I do love that there is, and I'm glad we got to it uh, here, that there is a specific kind of process to it. Cause I think that also puts some, you know, it's just, it's a prescription, you know, it's not just, yeah, go find a nice place to sit and just, you know, be at peace with yourself. But then, yeah, we invariably, our minds wander. And so I like that there's this, this centering word that, or image or whatever. I think that's, really easy to follow and, and really effective. So I'm, I'm really, really uh, excited to try this out. And so thank you so much for, for, for explaining it to us. We are already at the fun segment of the show now. Um, time goes by so fast. And so these are the, um, 
these are for those that have been listening for a while now. These are the same three questions that we ask every guest on Mana, and uh, and they've had them in advance. Although I will admit, Rich has only had these in advance for now twenty four minutes and thirteen seconds. <laughs> so he's had to he's had to kind of double task a little bit by coming up with some some witty answers to these uh, our fun segment questions. So in any event, uh, fun segment question number one. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day, what are you going to do with Jesus? Um, this may sound funny, but I, I love college football, so <laughs> I, he could he need, I would he would need to come on a well. This is a day, but well, we could still do it in a day. I would take him to a pit football game. I love college football, so I think <laughs> Jesus and I could have a fun time <laughs> watching the Pitt Panthers hopefully win at home in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. So I would, I would maybe you never heard someone answer it this matter, but I would. I, I think it. we could have a good time at a football game. <laughs> I think that would be great. <clears throat> All right, fun segment question number two. If you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, you can he can be famous or not, or you can he, you could have known him or not, um, but it's just got to be a guy. So you got to go to church and you got to go with a guy. Who are you going to go to church with? I guess I would pick Thomas Keating. I guess he was one of the hmm. creators of Centering Prayer. Yeah. It might be just interesting just to sit in his presence because I've, I've heard, and he passed away a couple of years ago, but he was obviously a long-term center and prayer practitioner. And, and when people would just sit in his presence, there was just a, a glow about him and they could just feel the spirit. And it's some, and I heard people saying things like they would start tearing and, and just sitting in him. And you felt like you were sitting next to God, even though he was obviously was not God. Yeah. So I, I think it would be neat to sit next to Thomas Keating in church Maybe I would end up not paying as much attention as I should, but but I think it would be neat just to sit in his presence next to someone that was such a long-term centering prayer practitioner that I just sitting with him probably would be a powerful experience. Yeah, I love that. That's great. All right, fun segment question number three to wrap it, wrap it up here is if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man um, about living a confident life of faith, what would that one piece of advice be? I would say uh, try a practice like centering prayer. So don't give up any other prayer forms. If you have verbal prayer or other ways you pray, don't give it up. But try a silent prayer practice because it's really just sitting with God. And I think of it as a reverse prayer. You're trusting God and God is praying in you. So just trust God and, and try that practice and see how it can heal and transform you and help you um, live from your true self, the person God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I was going to ask earlier about, about how um, effective um, centering prayer has been with younger people. Have you had any, uh, have you had any experiences yet with like how young can centering prayer go? I mean, it, it can go, anybody can practice centering prayer. Um, for example, when I first started practicing it, my kids were wondering what I was doing in the basement at night because that's <laughs> when I used to do my second sit. So actually my son was eight at the time and I taught him and we would do a one minute sit together. And then my daughter also was curious. So I invited her down separately and we would do seven, eight, nine, ten 10 minute sits. So mm -hmm. 
I would say, I mean, anyone is capable of doing centering prayer, even kids. And I, I guess I kind of proved that with my children. Yeah. And maybe even one last example I'll give you. I was curious about the Quakers and their traditional service is in silence for most of it. So I went to a Quaker service near me just to try it out a couple of years ago. And it was an old house from the 1800s and about 100 people were sitting in it, including kids. Mm. And we sat in silence for about 40 minutes until mm. the after that, then they have kind of the announcements and prayers, and then they had events after it. So the room was filled filled with you know, everybody, including children. Mm-hmm. So I've, to answer your question, I mean, anyone really is capable of, of practicing silence if they choose to and, and want to try it. Yeah, that's neat. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you very much, Rich Lewis. It was great to have you on, uh, Mana. So everybody listening, go to uh, silenceteaches.com. To check out, uh, to check out the book "Sitting with God: A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer." But really, so much great stuff on that website. And, and uh, so, if you get a chance to uh, to see Rich out there speaking or watch any of his videos, uh, read any of his other stuff, I just really encourage you to go find it. And Rich, I just want to thank you again for sharing your time with us this afternoon. No, thanks a lot for having me on. And hopefully this is something that will be helpful for your community. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.